You and Senate Republicans uh, recently blocked a package to support Ukraine and Israel. Um, among the reasons, uh, more uh, uh, support for a border package to protect the southern border. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, however, talking about the, the aid for Israel and Ukraine, said that threats from Russia, China, Iran, Hamas are all interconnected. I want you to take a listen to what he had to say. Sure. Challenges facing America and our allies today are not on a la carte menu of projects we can address at our leisure. America doesn't have the luxury of facing these threats individually. Our ability to contend with complex, simultaneous threats is exactly what our adversaries are testing. Now, you, you disagree with that, and you, and you oppose aid to Ukraine. Ex explain your position. Well, so first of all, Jake, I think it's possible to have separate debates. In fact, congressional Republicans tried to force an Israel alone aid package just a couple of weeks ago that Democrats blocked in the Senate. Uh, so we can have separate debates. I think that we need to have separate debates. But on the Ukraine question in particular, Everybody knows, everybody with a brain in their head, Jake, knows that this was always going to end in negotiation. The idea that Ukraine was going to throw Russia back to the 1991 borders was preposterous. Nobody actually believed it. So what we're saying to the president and really to the entire world is you need to articulate what the ambition is. What is $61 billion going to accomplish that $100 billion hasn't? We have to remember, Jake, Ukraine is functionally destroyed as a country. The average age of a soldier in the Ukrainian army right now is 43. That's tragic. That's older than me. I'm 39. If this thing goes on a, a little bit longer, the average age of a Ukrainian soldier is going to be older than you. And then a year later, it could be uh, Wolf Blitzer. That is a tragedy. What does it look like? I don't like this age graph I'm thing. So, I'm doing. sorry, go, Jake. Go. But, I'm 54 but, 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 for those wondering. I, 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 yeah. We are getting to a place yeah. where we are going to be functionally on the hook to pay for Ukrainian pensioners, to rebuild the entire country. Right. We need to bring the killing to a stop, and that's what American leadership should be doing, not writing more blank checks to the war. So what do you make of the argument, though, that if the U.S. and NATO and the EU cede part of Ukraine to Putin, or even all of Ukraine to Putin, um, that really all we're doing is putting out the welcome mat for him to then invade a country that is in the NATO alliance, such as Poland. So there's two reasons I don't buy this. First of all, Putin has showed he's much weaker than a lot of people feared. The Ukrainians have fought bravely. They've also stalled Putin at a very small amount of territorial gain relative to the entire country. The idea that he can march to Poland or Berlin is preposterous. And the other thing that this really misses here is we have to remember our NATO allies, with the exception of a few Eastern Europeans, are not carrying their fair share of the burden. Most of them don't even spend 2% of their GDP on defense. If Putin is a threat to Berlin, that means the Germans should be changing something about their defense policy. It doesn't mean we can write indefinite checks to Ukraine. Right, but Russia has been proven to be something of, of, of a paper tiger because the U.S. has been helping Ukraine, right? I mean, that's the reason. Well, it's also because, of course, the Ukrainians have fought very bravely. I think it's also because, look, you cannot occupy an entire territory the size of Ukraine with the amount of troops that Russia has. Uh, the idea that you can go even further and control multiple European nations is, I think, a scare tactic to get people distracted from the fact that our Ukraine policy just doesn't make a ton of sense. You know, I listened to Secretary Blinken. What are we trying to do, Jake? What is the end goal here? How long does this go until the president can articulate the answer to those questions? I don't know why we would write another blank check. Well, I guess the argument might be, and I'm certainly not Secretary Blinken, but the argument Please. might be that Russia invaded a sovereign nation that is an ally 
and what Russia, and this is a pretty, pretty stark morality tale, that what Russia is doing is evil, and Putin's goals are, as he has stated them time and time again, to rebuild the former USSR. It is a stark morality tale, Jake, but we can't make strategic decisions based on stark morality tales. We have to figure out what is in America's best interest. We have a food crisis that's getting worse because of the prolonged war in Eastern Europe. We have an energy crisis that's threatening to swamp multiple allied governments in Western Europe. What's in America's best interest is to accept Ukraine is going to have to cede some territory to the Russians, and we need to bring this war to a close. But when I think about the great human tragedy here, hundreds of thousands of Eastern Europeans innocent have been killed in this conflict. The thing that's in our interest and in theirs is to stop the killing. Let's turn to some domestic issues, especially in your doorstep. Ohio's new constitutional amendment protecting abortion rights went into effect Thursday. You said after it passed, quote, we have to recognize how much voters mistrust us on this issue, us meaning Republicans. Sure. This week, the Texas Supreme Court is blocking a woman in Texas from obtaining abortion, even though her fetus has a rare genetic condition that is almost always fatal, uh, and, and her doctors want her to be able to get this so that she's able to have babies in the future and for her health. Isn't that situation an example of why many voters might not trust Republicans? Well, I don't know the details of that story, Jake, but I will say that we have to accept that people do not want blanket abortion bans. They just don't. I say this as a person who wants to protect as many unborn babies as possible. We have to provide exceptions for the life of the mother, for rape, and so forth. Uh, that is just a basic necessity. And when I say that people don't really trust us, Jake, what I'm getting at is, look, uh, I, am, I am luckily a person of means, but I have been shocked by you go to the hospital, you have a baby, you get a $20,000 unexpected bill. What does that look like for a middle class family that is trying to figure out how to pay the mortgage? We've made it way too hard to have children and have families in this country. In that environment, if people see Republicans not as the party that's trying to make it easier to have babies, but is just trying to take people's rights away, uh, then we're going to lose. I want to protect as many unborn babies as possible. I also think we have to win the trust back of the American people. And one of the ways to do that is to be the truly pro-family party. I think we are. We've got to carry that message forward and actually enact some public policy to that effect. Does, is birth control part of that policy, uh, empowering women to be able to make those decisions before they get pregnant? Look, obviously people need to be able to make those decisions. I don't think that I know any Republican, at least not a Republican with a brain that's trying to take those rights away from people. Uh, but I think it goes deeper than that. I mean, I could provide a list for you if you wanted. Well, OK, <laughs> not, not anybody I talk to, Jake. But, but look, I think the more important question is, I talk to a lot of people, a lot of young families who want to have babies. They can't afford mortgages. mortgages. Yeah. They're terrified about health care expenses. We've got to answer those questions for people. Uh, we've got to have a role to play because, look, we have a real problem in this country. Not enough American families that want to have children are able to do it. That's how you destroy a nation. Um, let's turn to Trump because there are a lot of conservatives who have deep concerns about President Trump, a second term, and democracy if he is reelected. Take a listen to what former Congresswoman Liz Cheney uh, told me this week. He already tried to seize power once, so, uh, you know, it shouldn't be hard for anybody to imagine that he will do it again. Once a president decides that he's above the law, as Donald Trump has, everything unravels nearly immediately. Do you really have no concerns that Donald Trump might try to abuse his power if reelected? No, Jake, I don't. Look, the guy was president for four years. We had peace. We had prosperity. We had wages rising faster than inflation. Joe Biden has been president for three years. Now the average Ohio family pays 10000 more to afford the same standard of living. Uh, the idea that Trump is going to be radically different than what he was four years ago is, is just preposterous. He was an effective, successful president. Uh, I think he will be an effective, successful president again. That's why I've endorsed him. 
And I, and I think this desire to make the election all about the past is indicative of the fact the Democrats don't have much to run on. I think Republicans do. Well, with respect, the one talking about the past more than anyone is Donald Trump, and he's out there talking about how the 2020 election was stolen from him. He's using all sorts of bogus evidence, uh, lies, uh, assertions that were disputed and overruled by court after court, judge after judge, election board after election board, judges and election boards that were Republicans and judges that were appointed by him. I mean, he's really the one focused Jake, on 2020. So, look, you just showed me a clip of Liz Cheney, and I think that's person, a person who is clearly obsessed with 2020 and talks almost nothing other than uh, January 6th of 2021. I think if you look at what the president is out there campaigning on, he's campaigning on redelivering peace and prosperity uh, for the American people. Now, if you want to talk about the 2020 election, we can have that conversation, but I want to talk about, and I think President Trump wants to talk about the future. That's what this election is going to be decided on. That's what I'm focused on. Well, I think the concern is that he wouldn't stock his administration with the J.D. Vances of the world. He would stock them with individuals who would not be able to tell him no. One voice that I've heard people can express concern about is a guy named Cash Patel. He was on the NSC. Uh, he served briefly as the chief of staff for the Pentagon. Here's what he had to say on Steve Bannon's podcast earlier this week. We will go out and find the conspirators, not just in government, but in the media. Yes, we're going to come after the people in the media who lied about American citizens, who helped Joe Biden rig presidential elections. We're going to come after you. So, look, I know Cash very well. Uh, let, me, let me think, talk about what I think he was talking about, though I didn't see the full context of the clip, Jake. Uh, we know. You sound like a University we, of Pennsylvania president. We, we know. <laughs> We know in 2020 yeah. that there were massive pieces of evidence that were suppressed by collusion between the national security state in this country and various uh, various. You're journalists. talking about the Hunter Biden laptop. The Hunter Biden laptop story. The it was reason, out, it the, was out the, there. The, the, the reason that, no, it was suppressed on social media. For like a, millions, day, or, for like a millions, day or two on Twitter. Jake, millions of Americans, there have been studies on this, didn't see that story that would have seen it if there hadn't been that collusion between these technology companies and members of the media who had security clearances. These people were using the trust acquired over a lifetime of public service and lying so to you, the American so you agree people with Cash in order. I agree that we need to look seriously at how there was collusion between members of the press and big technology companies and members of national security state. Jake, that's not journalism. It is not journalism to take your security clearance, lie to the American people, and then persuade the big technology companies to censor anti-Joe Biden stories. That's not journalism. That is cooperation between the government and journalism. It's the opposite. Well, Donald Trump was president at the time that any censorship was going on, so nobody in government I mean, any Biden people were not that were asking that were not uh, <clears throat> in the government at the time. But I will just say, as somebody that that tried to see the laptop, Rudy Giuliani wouldn't let us see the laptop. He wouldn't let us. So we weren't able to report on it because he wanted us just to go by his word. 